0: Welcome everybody to Beat the Shift Baseball. This is episode sixty-one for Friday, August thirtieth. Alex Uwe here today with Ray Estrada. How are you doing, man? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm fine. I'm a little tired. <laughs> a little tired too. To be honest, it's it's kind of there's there's some baseball fatigue setting in. For
1: is is there any for you? For me there is a little bit. Um no, I mean the Dodgers are very close to clutching the division, so that's kind of exciting. Yeah, right but now. then
0: what, what happens? After that, like, then what
1: do you do? You just watch your team,
0: see see how many wins they can rack up. Yeah. By the end, they're at 88 wins right now. Um, the Dodgers, the Yankees, also at 88 wins. The Astros at 87 wins. They've at this point, if you're a fan of any of those teams, you're just kind of just seeing how how much they can do, checking up on their players to make sure they're all they're all good to go for the the playoffs, right? But I don't know. Uh, September will hopefully be very exciting uh, with all the playoff races, and September is like two days from now, so or three days. Yeah, Sunday. Sunday. So yeah, it's not football season yet. It's college football season. I don't care. I really. I don't. I don't you don't care about football. I don't care about regular footballs. I was coaxed into playing a
1: fantasy football league. I feel like I'm going to end up managing your team for most of the season anyways. You're going to just... Sure. I mean,
0: <laughs> no, I, I I can play fantasy sports, but I don't think I'm going to watch that much football, because I normally don't... You don't have to don't. watch football to play fantasy That's football. what I'm saying. Like, I can do... I was like, oh, all right, fine. I can, I can do that. <laughs> Low stakes. Sign me up for fantasy baseball any day. But, um, yeah, we're going to be talking just about a bunch of random things. Uh, the Reds somehow are team dominating headlines or at least headlines that I care about. I, I they're not really dominating all the headlines. No, they no, I, I, I am just fascinated by the Reds recently. Which is something they're I They're an
1: entertaining team. I was not I'll expecting going into this year. Really. They're they're yeah, they just very entertaining. After they after they gave after they traded Puig away. Yeah, much
0: better fourth place team than they've been. Uh so let's you know we'll we'll talk about that and some other random things. Maybe maybe the what I consider to be the worst stat that I've ever seen. <laughs> and then also um new September Call-up rules because yeah September, uh yeah so Aristides Aquino for the Reds is is pulling a lot of weight here in in terms of keeping me in the uh in the baseball swing on a day to day basis. I'm checking every at bat to see if he's going to hit another home run. And he's at 14 now.
1: So you're just here to watch Pete Alonso and Erasmo. Honestly,
0: Pete Alonso, like, I was sure, <laughs> but not. I because I have I have a, a, a hierarchy of of players that basically goes from like I must watch all their at bats when I can to if you know the players that that I will that I'll want to watch, but I'm not like oh I have to turn to see every at bat from them and then they're just like everybody else. So right now Aquino is is at the top of the pyramid. I have to see everything. And he's not disappointing, still. Um, fourteen home runs in the month of August is the most single home runs in a single month by a rookie ever. He passed Cody Bellinger, who I guess hit thirteen at one point. Yeah, I believe he did. His rookie year. I don't what month was that? Do you know? No. Test your Dodger's knowledge.
1: May August May.
0: Uh, I I I can't be bothered to look that up. You can you can check if you want. But <laughs> um he's ridiculous. And maybe flying under the radar just because of when he's doing it, August is a notoriously down baseball month. It's after the trade deadline. So, you know, all of that hype is is passed. And it's not quite September where the playoff races are, are tightening up yet. It's, it's, it really is the dog days of summer, and he's taken advantage. And he was, the best, the best part about this is that he was a nobody prospect. He was not, even in organizational rankings, like nowhere to be found. He just came out of nowhere and started crushing baseballs with his iconic open stance and I I can't I can't get enough of it so my question to you is you know unfortunately this is a season where the NL rookie of the year race has just been dominated by Pete Alonso and you could probably say Mike Soroka is up there too and then Brian Reynolds and then Tatis who's injured out for the rest of the season but still Put up a lot of really good numbers, so there's four. He's probably not even gonna finish top four in the NL Rookie of the Year voting. But this is like a Gary Sanchez-esque type run of production, basically to to come up this late in the season and just mash the baseball. So I I can't I don't even know how I would realistically ask the question of how many homers would he have to hit. The rest of the way to be, like in rookie of the year consideration. Like, what if? It's it's unlikely, but what if this tear? Like, what if he just does it again? What if he just hits twenty eight home runs by the end of the baseball season? Like, what do we do, as, as spectators, as people who care about this stuff? Like, how do we decipher this? Because obviously, it's not sustainable. But then again. Like I don't think anybody's ever done that before, so you know I'd like to see it. <laughs> I don't even know what I'm asking you. What are your? Are, what are, are, you think? are you asking me? If like, what a is it going to win take? Rookie of the year? What's it going to take, Ray, for him to win Rookie of the Year over Pete Alonzo? Yes, yeah, so these are the things that I
1: think about. Uh, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> oh, okay. I mean, I think. Yeah. So say he gets to 28 by the time by the end of the year. I, it's an unreal run but Pete Alonso has had such a fantastic year that I don't know if um, anybody can pass him at this point so yeah and I guess that's this is kind of the, the the conversation
0: that we have every year is like is the rookie of the year award like the best rookie performance in the season or is it like the the best production over the course of the season because, like, I, I, I don't know. If you're just seeing, like, who is th- who is the best rookie talent of the past season is a different thing than who was, like, the the most productive rookie over the course of the entire season,
1: right? Yeah. I mean, I think you have to lean towards a full season of a rookie because, I mean, here's the thing. A guy can come in in August like Aquino did and tear it up, and then he basically just rides his hot streak till the end of the season, but he didn't go through, you know... Pitcher's figuring him out a little bit and going through like Pete Alonso has been there since opening day. He's in the he's already set the National League home run record, rookie home run, rookie home run record, set the team set the Mets overall home run record and is in the chase for the Major League home run t- title this season. I think that over full season is very hard to beat, even as historic of a pace as Aquino is setting in his first in his you know first month in the big leagues.
0: Okay, I like that. That's something that I didn't really think of is the adjustment period. Like if you can weather the adjustment period within a big league season, then then yeah, that's that's a big factor. But then you know you you can look be looking down the road and look at you know Fernando Tatis who I don't. Think most people would, would disagree that he's probably the most promising rookie, um, in the National League anyway. In terms of like career prospects, you know he's he's twenty years old still, and he's just the future looks the brightest for him. And you could be looking back and like, how did Fernando Tatis not win Rookie <laughs> of the Year?
1: And you know um, it's because he missed three months out of the season. Right, it, but well, no. He missed two and and a half. He missed a month earlier this year, and he's going to miss a month and a, yeah. okay, and a half to finish the season. Yeah, okay, that's close.
0: Uh, it's it's not like a <laughs> Vladimir Guerrero thing where he just wasn't good until, uh, until uh, later on. Like he was really good when he was playing. I mean, right
1: even, when was, even when Tatis was playing, though, Pete Alonso was still kind of clear cut favorite for Rookie of the Year as well as Tatis was was playing. I don't know. I just want to see Arstides, you know, get some love
0: because he's going to get no. no love for this. Like, nobody is paying attention to this right now
1: outside of the small circle of Reds. Because nobody, nobody realizes how, how entertaining the Reds are right now. Like, I nobody
0: think... realizes just how ridiculous this is. Like, if this was happening any other season with, a, with less saturated home run environment. Well, well exactly. obviously the home run environment. We're, I don't want to get into that now. No, I but, guess that diminishes
1: things in people's minds too. But. I don't, I don't know how big of an effect that has, but I, my, my thing is, comparing this to to the Gary Sanchez situation, because mm-hmm. that's kind of it's, that's maybe the easiest comparison. Gary Sanchez came up in a field of rookies that was not very good, and you mentioned Aquino plays for the Reds. Gary Sanchez plays for the Yankees, went on that tear, and. Um challenge Michael Michael Fulmer for rookie of the year. Yeah, he should have won.
0: Really. <laughs> like I still maintain that he should have won.
1: Okay. Uh, uh, but Any, so Sanchez but, but,
0: but, Sanchez played fifty three games, had two hundred one at bats, he hit twenty homers in that stretch, slash line two ninety nine, three seventy six, six fifty seven. That's a ten thirty two OPS.
1: Yes. And, in, like,
0: a cor- in a third of a season? Yeah. Yeah. So that's, like, obviously the best-looking, you know, overall body of not body of work. He, he looks like the best rookie of that yeah. guy. Like, he, you can look at that and be like, oh, yeah, this guy's better than Michael Fulmer, right? It's hard to compare because pitchers and position players. Yeah. But like, Michael Fulmer's final season numbers were not— that good? They, they
1: weren't that impressive because there was nobody else. There was no other full-season rookie in yeah. the AL who was really challenging.
0: Like it was pretty good. Like, um, and and, and, he, and ERA. he fell
1: off in the last couple months.
0: Yeah, 306 ERA for him. Yeah. And a one whip. Like, At, sure. How, how, how many at-bats did you, did you say Gary Sanchez had? 201 at-bats. So, like, 50, 53 games. Yeah, so... But then again, Michael Fulmer only started 26 games. Is that like...
1: Nowadays, that's actually not... That's like a full season nowadays. Yeah. (laughs) But Um, yeah, so Aquino um, has played in... uh, Let's see. I don't know how many games he's played in. But uh, he's played in 27 games in 97 at-bats.
0: He's got more than a home run every two games. Yes.
1: I'm not not saying he's fantastic. Wait. That came out wrong. I'm not saying that he's not fantastic, but I think the thing with Sanchez was is that the strongest the con- contender was Michael Fulmer for rookie Yeah, game. and it, it, here, it's such it's, an
0: oversaturated class. of yeah,
1: rookies. It's hard for him to break in, even as crazy. Um, I you call it efficient in terms of hitting home runs. <laughs> Yeah, is. I just
0: want to see him get some. He, need, get he does. Need he has, more appreciation. He's hitting 330. He has an 1197 OPS. It's not like he's not doing anything else. Like, he looks like he could be. I don't know what he's gonna be next year. I don't know how he profiles because there's number one no, overall pick in fantasy. Sure, but there's no, <laughs> but there's no. He's not even a highly ranked pro. I don't know what his pedigree is. He's not a top thirty Reds organization prospect before this call up. Yeah, which is just absurd that somebody could just appear out of nowhere in today's in today's world in today's game um so i you know i, I just want to see see more i if he hits 28 home runs this season in what's he at 27 games now mm-hmm. and there's about how many games left there's, like, a month of so, like...
1: Probably 30. 25 to 28 games left have been, you know, with off yeah. days.
0: So, if, you know, twice as many games, twice as yeah. many homers. Is that the rookie of the year? If, if he somehow... Because, obviously, the rest of his numbers would be, you know, more or less, say, like, an 1,100-plus OPS. Yeah. If, it's twi- if, if he somehow it's 28 home runs. This is completely you know hypothetical and probably not gonna happen
1: yeah this is assuming he keeps his pace
0: but like what if what if he does (laughs) what what do you do is pete alonso like he's already won it basically
1: pretty much
0: but if i I don't know i don't know how i'm gonna feel i if if something like that happens um anyway the reds uh it's not just a keynote Who's doing things? Eugenio Suarez is tr- like trying to make a bid at the the home run title. He's at thirty eight now. He's just been hitting homers every day. Yeah.
1: Um. Just don't pitch to him in the first like three innings of a game. And
0: it helps that everybody else <laughs> is slowed down. Nobody forty three is the most right now. So. Forty
1: three, yeah. And that was Trout. He hit one last night. Yeah. So. Or two nights ago, I believe.
0: Yeah. So he's he's been killing it. Um, Joey Votto surprisingly done nothing to contribute to the reds fun. well he just came off the il so but he's also just bad now yes so that's disappointing um trevor bauer is either really good or really bad and um jose iglesias made the most insane throw that i've ever seen
1: uh-huh. on a baseball field one of the one of the best plays that didn't result in an out it's got to be the best play that could have been that I've ever seen yeah now we've already established not a football guy but it just kind of the equivalent DeAndre Hopkins receiver for the Texans last year made an amazing catch that didn't count because I believe he was called for offensive pass interference but like it was it was arguably the best catch of the year but it didn't count that's that's. see I hate stuff like that
0: <laughs> I want it to just kidding that when they somebody does something that's spectacular can't you just be like come on just just let it be just let it happen <laughs> I don't know. It's so it happens so often. It feels like. To be
1: fair, I mean, you said let it happen. I don't think they could. They could have called. No, obviously uh, they. Obviously out. they
0: can't. <laughs> they can't do that, of course. But like, no, nope, it's it's gonna fade into. I think I saw for reference on, on r slash baseball, which is where I, my destination personally to see all these things, and somebody posted this throw, and it had like two comments on it. Like it, it, nobody cared because. It just didn't, like, I, I have no idea. The way, the the, the Reds are entertaining people. No, don't forget about Jose. Jose Iglesias currently has made the bet in, like, my favorite defensive play of all time earlier in his career when he, he's still a defensive wizard. Yeah. As and you he's can see, but even year, when too. he was more touted and, like, you know, more well-known, um, he made the best play that I've ever seen. Um, Would you
1: call him a top-half shortstop in the league right now? No, not necessarily fantasy,
0: but no. like, no, no. There's so many good shortstops. Yeah, man. you're right. Can I try? I just uh, to to list the 15, 15 more. Fifteen best. might as okay. well. We're not we're not doing anything else incredibly important on this podcast, so we'll, no. we'll, we'll do this on the fly. You can you can contribute too. So Correa. Well, uh, that, wow, that's not the first one that I was. I'm
1: I'm, the I'm in this is no particular okay. order. So Correa, you have Correa
0: Seager, Seager Bogarts, Bogarts. You have um. Swanson, a lot better I mean, than Iglesias. Bet. <laughs> yeah, Trey Turner, um, or Didi Gregorius and/or D. D. Glaber. Yeah, there's so nowadays there's so many people that that play shortstop that yeah. don't play every day. But I so, mean, well,
1: Didi's kind of playing shortstop. Every like day, Alex Bregman's
0: playing a shortstop every day, and he qualifies as a shortstop. But like, are we gonna count him as a shortstop? No, I third baseman. But he plays shortstop every day. I understand right now. that but okay. for the sake of
1: this for the sake of just say one, everybody's one, healthy. one per team yeah one per team if everybody's healthy who's playing shortstop game one of a world series
0: well there's Bobachet okay um there is now I can't think of shortstops <laughs> um
1: all these good ones short-stops. Trevor Story
0: Trevor Story yes good thank you um uh... Tatis is injured but like come on like, yeah. can,
1: can we no I'll, um... no I'll give you
0: that um, how many are we at? We're, we're gonna stop because this is we're mess. at nine. We oh, okay, we're close. <laughs> I, I thought we were like really floundering here. No, um, the we're nine. What other teams are good at baseball? The Phillies, shorts, uh, uh, I mean, be, like better than Iglesias, Jane I guess. Zero. Like, I don't know. Jose Iglesias doesn't do anything other than like be a defense. Uh, Anderson Simmons,
1: Anderson Simmons,
0: he's better than Iglesias. Um,
1: You Elvis put, Andrus, Elvis Andrus. Would you put? Oh, uh, Marcus Simeon. Simeon, instead of him. Um.
0: Yeah. Uh, we're close. We're close to to enough. We haven't. You no know, Ahmed. No Crawford. I would probably to... take Nick Ahmed over Jose Lisis because, okay. at least Nick Ahmed is hitting now. Like <laughs> nobody else does anything. It's 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 amazing.
1: Um, Brandon Crawford's bad.
0: Yeah, he's not. But he's. I don't even know if he's worse than Jose Iglesias. This, these are the kinds of questions that nobody should do. ever have to think about in today's game. Um, yeah, I don't know. We we pretty much got fifteen.
1: Play short stuff for the Cardinals.
0: <laughs> uh, Paul Paul Young Paul DeJong. Better than, better than Iglesias. All right, All right we on. did it.
1: This is the point. Um, you know, what, you know, what, I mean, I I'll kind of skip over. I know what you want to talk about, but okay, let's. You know what would have made that easier to, d- to determine, I think? If yes. we had calculated runs plus RBIs minus home runs.
0: Do you want to set the stage to get
1: the context? Yes. So, on MLB Network Day Tonight, MLB Tonight, I was not watching it, but I did see uh, a screen grab on Twitter of the chart that Joe Girardi put up for his top five MVP candidates. They included Freddie Freeman, Anthony Rendon, Cody Ballinger, uh, Ronald Acuna, and Christian Yelich. In that order, according to this stat if you want to call it that runs plus rbis minus home runs when i when you told me about
0: this (laughs) how many times did i say how many times did i say what how many times did did basically
1: every time you basically every time i explain something about it
0: but there's nothing else to explain other than what you just said because it's pretty i'll give it credit for its simplicity but also, I understand. I It's understand. probably the worst stat that I've ever heard. I kind of understand
1: like what you're trying to get at. But that
0: Okay, so first of all, the first problem is that he's using this in an MVP race discussion. Yes, and
1: this is the only thing that he.
0: I, I actually don't know. I didn't watch the segment. No, so, we, so, we not
1: watch the segment. I, we only have a screen grab. So ground. let's. But yeah. bar, barring other stuff bring this up at all <laughs> i'm really glad i didn't see joe girardi try to explain
0: this because that would have made it really hard to respect him <laughs> if I did. and i still love the guy but okay let's so let's break it down so what so explain what the the thought process so what is i pro- assume the thought process
1: is i mean like i said it's a very simple kind of like stat to understand you just confused on why it's a stat is that you're basically trying to figure out which guy's driving most runs not on home runs like i is there any better way to put that like yeah so run production run production
0: that that outside of home runs which i guess would be most beneficial for like team context even then like i don't yeah i don't know
1: you just use just use the stats of runners in scoring position that's also a good indication of run production there's no no doubt better
0: ways to get yeah. to the same conclusions. That let's break down to the
1: flaws in identifying basically this is this basically trying to identify just, just trying to strip home runs away from the runs and RBIs. But what this very simple equation doesn't do is first of all it doesn't double the home runs cuz a home run is a run and an RBI. Yeah, run. so
0: so here's the thing. <laughs> so if if it's try if it is in fact trying to do the job that you say it is and calculate run production that is not including what comes from home runs you would have to take away two times the number of home runs so it would be runs plus RBI minus two times and the that, number of home yes. runs and then because you get a
1: run in an RBI from a home run from a home run and again that is a solo home run this, this has no way to take into account a two run home run three run home run Grand Slam this right. has no way to take into account the up to three extra RBI's you can get on any given home run Right, okay.
0: So then, that's, that's a really glaring problem with that. But even, let's not overcomplicate the stupidity here. <laughs> and that's just, what is what is the point of this? Like, if you're looking for an MVP candidate, why would you subtract their home runs? Why, like, why would you, if anything, home runs are the more telling stat. Between runs in RBI, because it has to do with their contribute. Like they're like they're the ones that are hitting the ball over the fence, and like it has nothing to do with who's on base or who's driving you in while you're on base. It's it's all you. It's all you, how good you are at baseball and at hitting home runs. And you take that out of the MVP yeah calibration like. Ugh. Oh, like, Joe Girardi, I, like, what are you doing? Is he
1: devaluing home runs that much because of the... The home runs? The, the environment the, that the we're in right do- now? We
0: don't have a name for that. Isn't that so strange that we don't have a name? For, we call it the home runs spike most of the time, I feel like. That's such a lazy name. It's not really a name. It's just saying what's happening. We yeah. need a name for this
1: this generational we'll, we'll, change. We'll, not we'll, today. No, yeah. We'll think of it. For another day. Yeah, like like how can how, how do you already devalue home runs that much like i don't even know really i don't about i can't hand. i
0: can't imagine that's what this is getting at because no, yeah. that's just dumb I, I i i don't want it it's gonna it's gonna it's bad for my health to keep talking
1: about this <laughs> let's okay. i i mean it's, it's not on here. do you want to you want to talk about um the al mvp since we talked about DNL MVP, and how it should be for a foregone conclusion, unless you're Alex Rodriguez. <laughs> wait, 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 um, are
0: you talking about the, DJ we talked about the National League worth of the year. Yes.
1: Today? This will this stat concerned the National League MVP.
0: Oh. Okay. In, in that race. Well, that race is going to be interesting. It's going to be Christian Jelic and Cody Bellinger have cooled off significantly. Anthony Rondon is Anthony the hottest. Anthony Rondon's honest.
1: heating up. He could, he could
0: sneak in there. Acuna's. Ronald Acuna is, you know, still Threatening 30-30, but. He's already there. He's already got 30-30. Oh, it's 40-40 that, uh, yeah. that he's chasing. That's right. Um, which is insane. And yes. Freddie Freeman, who's also just unbelievable. So there's so many good NL MVP contestants, and there's a month of baseball left. So that's yeah. interesting. That's a real conversation you can have if you don't use this stupidity <laughs> in your equation. This method. So, yeah, this methodology. Let's talk about. The American League, and talk about what Alex Rodriguez so um, so eloquently yes. So on, Sunday, on Night Baseball, Sunday Night Baseball,
1: while the Dodgers and Yankees were playing in those, I'll call it questionable uh, players' weekend jerseys.
0: Oh, I, they're not going to do it again. No. Most people don't. Most people don't like it. I, I'm, I can respect that, and it did not look good on TV.
1: No, it did not. You can tell who, which is like they're in white. You can tell who is who and which team mm-hmm. is which. Right, but. So while they were doing that on Sunday Night Baseball, uh, DJ LeMahieu came up. He had a home run that game, and they were discussing his AL his AL MVP candidacy. Now DJ LeMahieu has had an amazing year. He's he's set a career high, or he's close to a career high in home runs already. He's already set it. Yeah, I believe he's already set it. He's still batting like 330. And Alex Rodriguez said he would take DJ LeMahieu as the AL MVP because he is in the pressure of a playoff race and on a playoff team well
0: that's not the only so he also so, brought up the point that now, in a yankees team that has been riddled with injuries yes. well DJ that was LeMahieu actually is a my twitter exchange
1: with my friend who's a yankees fan
0: no alex rodriguez said this too it oh, he did? That, oh he that oh dj LeMahieu is the one constant for the yankees throughout the year it hasn't been that has been like judge it hasn't been like you know they have an insanely good team around him but he's been like the constant like Cause he's the reason because yeah, his reasoning Which was is... that
1: DJ, Le- without DJ LeMahieu being constant the Yankees wouldn't be in the position they're in and that's an arguable position sure that doesn't make that doesn't make him for an MVP decision. favorite yeah. over the greatest player of our generation having a career
0: year <laughs> yeah so DJ LeMahieu just so i can just so we have the frame of reference um he's hitting his batting average is 3 35 It's very good. Um, 382 on base, 537 slugging. That's a 919 OPS. Very good like, for DJ LeMahieu. I love it. It's. A I, I'm a Yankees fan. I love DJ LeMahieu. Um, really good year. You know, I think he's he got a lot of other years. A lot of hits. It's definitely an MVP candidate. Sure. Um, so not even the runner up, if you ask me, in oh, Yale. Yeah. because then you have. You have Mike Trout, who, of course, is going to win and should win. <laughs> and if he doesn't win, then I will... If he's not unanimous, we riot. We riot. <laughs> and, uh, like, Mike Trout, man, I, we can... I, this must be a weekly thing, uh, us talking about Mike Trout stats. He has a 1087 OPS. It just recently dipped below 1100. Mm-hmm. He was an 1100 OPS player this year. He's hitting 293. Not not as high as DJ Lee Mayhew but as everybody knows batting average is kind of a an empty stat so um, 436 is a very good batting average right 436 on base percentage a cool 50 points higher than <laughs> DJ LeMayhew, which is a lot a 651 slugging percentage also a good what is that that's like 120 close like 110 points higher in yeah. slugging so a 1087 OPS right yeah Does my math check out
1: okay um, I'm not good at
0: math. You don't have to be. Um, so you don't have to be to tell that Mike Trout is the MVP. And I would probably also put Xander Bogarts or Alex Bregman mm-hmm. ahead in that race. Rafael Devers too. Um, it just uh, to keep it simple. Their OPS is Bregman nine seventy eight OPS, Bogarts nine sixty seven OPS, Devers nine sixty five OPS. And of course, you know, also like. You know, two shorts, two short stops like corner infielders, and in that mix, too, that are good defensive players. Um. Yeah, and I don't know how, I probably Michael Brantley above them, too. There's just so many, so many better options than
1: DJ Lemayhew. Yeah. Well, I mean, we talked about it too. That if you want to talk about being on a playoff team as a criteria to be an MVP candidate. Yeah.
0: There's. I just listed. You listed at least a couple. If you want
1: the Astros. Ragman, you mentioned Br- Brantley.
0: Yeah. Or you know, or, I mean, the Red Sox might not. Red Sox,
1: make the plan. Red Sox are they within, probably will. They're within shouting distance. They probably, but they probably won't.
0: They probably will. What? what are you talking about? They I have to. They only have to leapfrog the the A's really, and then the Rays are kind of. You yeah, know,
1: but I mean, they're. I. It's good that they're they don't have a lot of teams to go through, but they're they've kind of maintained that gap a little bit, about six or seven games.
0: Well, I don't know what the A's are doing that's making them so successful. Mike fires. Why are Mike you not getting fires. this? Fires. <laughs> Sean Benai is coming back for the A's, which is interesting. Yes. Um,
1: Homer Bailey.
0: What, are you not, what yeah, do you not. Yeah, we don't understand about this. What is this pitching or We don't understand about this. Everything. This is very simple. So the point is. Yeah.
1: Stop what? talking Alex Rodriguez on national TV. Why Why does. We talk about baseball being a team sport. Everybody's got to be all in. But why, when it comes to talking about MVP, it becomes like, oh no, if. If you're not on a playoff team, then you're obviously not valuable. People, man. I don't know. People these days.
0: Um, that's enough of that. Um, Gary Sanchez and Aaron Judge are the second and third fastest players to reach 100 home runs. Congratulations. And they did it in the span of a week. Yes, thank you. I'm Ryan, <laughs> Ryan Howard, if you could just kindly get out of there because you're kind of ruining like
1: this. Yeah. I love Ryan Howard.
0: He's okay. He was fine. He was really good for a few years. Yeah. Um, he had bombs. But they're still yeah these guys are still doing it is the point, and it, they they did it really fast. Hopefully
1: their careers don't end like Ryan.
0: Like no, Ryan Howard's. Did. Don't say that. Um, I, I I won't have it here. The new September call up rules. will finish with this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, twenty eight man rosters instead of the full forty, which is going to be very different if it's yes. not clear. Um, everybody. This is
1: three extra roster spots compared to what is that? Fifteen. 20.
0: Yeah, fifteen. So you, that's a huge difference, mainly because of pitcher usage. You know, everybody complains about the bullpens just being filled with minor league pitchers, really and that are used out of the pen, and pitching changes constantly, playing matchups, whatever, whatever. That's not going to be a thing this year. You can't do it. I mean, there's already plenty of pitching changes because. Pictures are used so carefully nowadays anyway but at least this will make things better um and i I, th- I don't think anybody's gonna have a problem with it no i mean you know it i don't know so one thing that i do want to talk about is the potential players who will be left off the the 28-man rosters and this is probably not having everything to do with because the september call-ups at this point like if these are the players that are good enough to be on the roster without considering those three extra roster spots Mm -hmm. but gavin lux for the dodgers has been making all the waves in the minor leagues and is more deserving of a call-up than anybody and the dodgers are trying to win games now you know and and in the playoffs and trying to uh to have the best team possible for their playoff run and they will not call him up they haven't called him up they might for a September they might,
1: but expansion. when you consider it, you have three roster spots you have say two pitchers if not three but do you realize
0: how ridiculous that they might call him up when the rosters expand for yeah. a guy who's hitting like 407 and they're, and they, and they're definitely calling up Austin awesome Barnes
1: for a third catcher sure yeah cuz he's been uh performing in Triple-A But the point is
0: him. that he should be playing over you know, the Matt Beatys of
1: the world, or the, the Jed Jerkos that you're rostering, right? Yeah, Jed Jerko, I don't know why he's up here. Matt, Matt Beatty deserves a spot. Sure, but, like, this is a back... There's a starting spot for
0: <laughs> for him when he gets there because of how the, their team is lined Alex Rodrigo's hurt right now, which makes should make the, the whole process much easier. Um, Give him the audition he deserves, man. Like... If you have... Okay, if he doesn't necessarily keep up what he's doing in A, which is going to be nearly impossible, then, okay, well, he's still our best asset. He's still our best prospect. We're not ruining him in any way. But if he happens to just stay hot all the rest of the way and he's just insanely good, don't you want him on your playoff roster? Well, yeah. Starting games here's, for you?
1: Here's the thing. I think it's going to be... A- that the three extra spots, I think, at least for the Dodgers, is going to be just a crazy revolving door of guys that they want to see. So he, so he might not get. I, I think he's going to come up sometime in September. He's not going to get the run that he would say if they had the full forty man available and he can just be up with them all the time. But I feel like with pitcher usage, they're you know trying to keep guys fresh. I feel it's going to be a pretty big revolving door in terms of well, uh, the
0: masters of the ten day I O will not you know, have any problems with pitchers on the roster. Just saying. Um, Gavin Lux needs to play baseball for the Dodgers. That's all I'm yes, saying. I mean... He needs to. I, are you not, like, as a Dodgers fan, are you enraged? Or are you just kind of like, like, I can't complain, but we were at 88 wins. Like, clearly we're doing something right. But then you have to, you can't just be like, well, that's, you know, this is satisfactory. Are You kind of half Dodgers fans more than anybody must be of the... Thought that you have to push all your chips to the middle for a playoff push, because why not? This isn't even like you're gonna lose. I, this is no, this no, is no, like no. playing poker, except you'll get your chips back if you lose. <laughs> like it's not even this. It's not even a good analogy.
1: The 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 sense that I've gotten from Dodger fans now, kind of, it's more of a frustration with the new rule, the fact that like it's kind of understandable that Gavin Lux can't be up the whole time because. The, this is not how they necessarily use September rosters with all the pitchers that they bring up and stuff. So I feel like it's more of a frustration that there's only three extra spots opening up as opposed to the 15 where he could get a lot of run and just be up. But he wouldn't get
0: time. more playing time in either case. Like if he's up, the Dodgers are going to play him. They better. Right?
1: I I, think, I don't know. He's not going to ride their bench. Yeah. Well, that's they mix why, and match a They match a lot. That's why they might not they mix call are they're, the they're, they're, most creative.
0: Ross, they're the most creative team with their position players in
1: baseball. He will find. Yes. They will find a way to get his bat in the lineup. Um, that's, but that's that's why they might not call him up because they have a lot of people that are established who've had postseason experience. Or Alex Verdugo is coming back. Ross Stripling is coming back. Look, I get it's tough. But you
0: have, like, you have potentially a generational talent, right? Like any top prospect yeah. of that caliber that's performing that way, this is like a Vladimir Guerrero Jr. type talent, right? Yeah, you have to take a shot at it. This is like this could be the biggest. If you know, you you normally call them like the this. That's their deadline acquisition, right? Like that's their big put. That's their big boost for the playoffs. It could be. You have to give him a chance to do that because i don't I don't care how loyal Dodgers fans are to Kike Hernandez, Matt Beatty, like those types. Kike Hernandez is a great playoff hitter, right? Like you're you're gonna yeah, need he's gonna him. Playoffs, you're yeah. gonna need him. But Gavin Lux could be million like
1: way better than those guys. Like way better. Right? Yeah, I mean again it's a right. It's more of a frustration, and I think, I mean, I'm not panicking, because, I mean, here's the thing. If he doesn't play, he doesn't crack the postseason roster, he can tear it up in spring training next year and make the opening day roster. Yeah, here's about next year. Next year's next year.
0: But I I don't think... (sighs) They're trying to win. If they don't win a World Series this year, people are going to be upset. That's just the yes. reality of it. Yes. Maybe they shouldn't be, but they are going to. And you know what would make them more upset is if Gavin Lux didn't get a lick of playing time down the stretch or in the playoffs. Right? It's always you never want to be the what like well what if team like what if we did this what if Steven Strasburg played for the Nationals in the playoffs his year where they shut him down. What if? Right? You'd never yeah. want to be that team because the ridicule will be that much greater. If you do not go all in once you're there, it's one thing not to go all in at the deadline. It's another to not go all in once you're in the playoffs. So that's what I'm
1: saying. I mean, it'll be interesting. Again, I think he'll be up, but he's not gonna get. I I think he would have gotten. He he would get more playing time in a 40-man expanded roster because they don't have to worry about getting anybody else up there with the team. The Dodgers literally don't have to worry about anything down
0: the stretch because they're going to clinch in like a week. And it's going to be ridiculous. And they're going to coast the rest of the way. They have to. Players are so insanely worn down, so very tired at this point in the year. I don't think people realize this. You think you're fatigued watching. I, I know that my fatigue in baseball from watching, I can only imagine how exhausted these players are that have been playing every day. You know, player management's a lot bigger now in September is going to be huge for for rest. And this year, more than any, when you only have three expanded roster spots, um, the teams like the Dodgers and the Yankees and the Astros, who really don't have to sweat it down the stretch, will really benefit from having that kind of rest more more so than than the other teams. It's a big deal. It's a big deal having that that recharge period right before the most intense part of the season. So September roster spots, or call-up rules, good change for viewership for baseball in general, and really good for the teams that have already distanced themselves from any playoff races, really. You know? That's, See, I, I that's disagree a huge, on that. Point. It's a I huge don't... advantage. No, like, I mean, them compared to, you know, somebody, some teams that are, you know, kind of toiling – in the wild card, right? Like they can still make their push, but still they, they have a lot more affordability to rest, guys, particularly pitchers. That's, that's, that's it more than anything. Yeah. Um, they have an easier time of dealing with this sh- being a little more shorthand than they had been in the past for what I consider to be, you know, it's, it's the stretch run, but it's also the rest period. For the teams that are like already yes. looking at the looking the playoffs in the face, right? But just because of how much distance they've put between them and the rest of the league, like they're at a huge advantage because of that. Like they, of course, they would be any year, but especially this year when they're not afforded fifteen extra roster spaces to do so.
1: Yeah, so I I think it's it's gonna be difficult to manage. It's gonna be a huge revolving door. I think trying to get the guys you want in there to get to get enough playing time for guys but also to get everybody you want in there
0: yeah well now i'm kind of talking about the players who have been playing all year and that just need some rest right that's what i'm talking about now
1: yeah and that well that's what this struggles to do because you don't just have you don't have 12 extra guys on top of this to to rest yeah it's a struggle
0: it's a struggle for you know especially for the teams that are not that are not there yet that are looking good but are not there yet right but these teams that are like so far ahead, like the super teams, they they can worry a little bit less about not playing their their best players because they don't have to win those games. They don't have to. They're already there, pretty much.
1: Yeah, I mean, you're still playing for uh, home field, World Series, and, and stuff like that. Yeah, We're looking forward to that. I mean, I, I, again, I I'm not a huge fan of. I don't. I didn't mind the forty man. <laughs> roster. It, it was a little it was fun to see everybody come up it was a little ridiculous though well yeah I don't know well they make it a th- make it 30-35 I, I think three extra roster spots is oddly arbitrary to me the uh, the abuse of the pitching
0: s- ro- like the roster expanded pitching staffs was just ridiculous it was I don't know if you remember like no
1: no, I, no I, I'm not saying that that wasn't an issue but it was a huge issue <laughs> Like every single bat, like, it was it was getting to that point. It was close to that point. Yeah, but I mean, I, I don't know. As a Dodger fan, with as as crazy deep as our forty man is, it's frustrating that we only get three extra spots.
0: Well, you can only have nine players in the field at any given time, anyway. So, how much? I know your big your team's big about having depth, but you can't ever have more than nine guys in the field at once.
1: I don't know what you're trying to get at.
0: Like you can have an insanely good bench, but. You know how many of those like, only one of them is going to be able to contribute at a spot at any given
1: time, right? Well, yeah, but you, but ha- having the whole forty man at your disposal allows you to interchange guys. Basically. Well, pitchers more so. P- pitchers more so, but also, but also, pos- position players get a lot more rest because there's going to be one or two position players in those three spots. We know one of them is Austin Barnes with the Dodgers. So you know Will Smith and Russell Martin get some rest. Maybe he plays second base. But um, that's the thing. It, Lux is gonna be up more than two weeks at max. I think. That's dumb.
0: Okay, well, I, that's that's enough. Because we're, because we're... they can't get
1: everybody up at one point. Because they they need to send people down or whatever. Eh. Because because they can't call everybody up. They want other people to audition, or just break. You know, rest guys.
0: Such a unique situation with the Dodgers that you're talking about. Like for the most part, it's fine. Like most teams are not going to have any significant players past their 25 man. Like maybe one. Like maybe one impact minor leaguer who they can now bring onto the roster. This is like like no other teams have that luxury. <laughs> it's you know what I mean. Yeah, I think I think that's. But this is curtailing the Dodgers' nice advantage of
1: using the full 40 man.
0: Yeah, but like pretty. Pretty much just the Dodgers, like
1: nobody else. Well, yeah, but the, that's where the Dodgers had an advantage. They had they have a really deep forty man, and now yeah, they sure. can, Now they can't use it to the to the effectiveness that they could before to the full extent. Sure. Um, overall, that, that's what's frustrating to me.
0: Right. But overall, I, I think the three man the twenty eight man roster is better than 40-man. man. Um, that is it for today. Thank you everybody for joining us. If you enjoyed, make sure you rate, comment, and subscribe to our podcast. Um wherever you're listening anywhere podcasts are found and also on our website beattheshiftbaseball.com it's got all our podcasts articles fantasy baseball everything's there and on social media at beattheshiftbp twitter facebook and instagram we talk about this kind of stuff as well so mm-hmm. connect with us there that is it for today thank you everybody one last time as always Ray peace peace